0: Today, we're going to be discussing Monday's interview with David Kamlos and David Benjamin on their complexity formula, which you can read about in their book, Cracking Complexity, The Breakthrough Formula for Solving Just About Anything Fast. Now, as you may remember, I was not actually in studio on Monday. I was in San Diego finishing a mastermind event out there with some really great people, had a great time. But today, I am in studio with Cody Coleman and Michelle Mahalco, and we're going to talk about... Monday's interview with David Kamalos and David Benjamin. So since we're here together, what did you two think about Monday's interview?
1: Yeah, uh, I think I personally was a little, I was a little lost at times, um, just because I think some of these things are very theoretical, and I am somebody who likes to be very to the point, logical, step by step. So there were some moments where I couldn't really identify what the experiences they're having um, and what they're bringing to organizations. Um, but it sounds like a very cool opportunity to learn to go through their process.
0: Yeah. And as I said at the beginning of Monday's interview episode, this is a paradigm shifter, I think, for a lot of people. But sometimes when you're shifting paradigms, it takes a second to figure out what exactly that looks like. So I think it will be a valuable conversation today to kind of get into some of those details and say, what does this actually mean right. for me and my leadership? what yeah. did you think, Cody? I, I thought it was, it, <laughs> I felt it was a little complex to listen to this, this episode <laughs> mm. from Monday. It was
2: a, it was a great episode and everything. And, but it, it took me several times to, to listen to it before I, I really could grasp it. Because I mean, every time I listened to it, I picked something else up, some new details, some new definition, something that I didn't quite catch last time. Um, so it was definitely useful to go back and listen to it again, if, if that is something that you're willing to do.
0: And I think that that will be a valuable thing. I don't know if, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or not, but you have the ability in that app to save an episode and go back and listen to it later. I've done that with multiple episodes. Right. This might be one of those ones that you want to do that with. Absolutely. So in just a second, we're going to talk a little bit about the difference between something that's complicated and something that's complex. Because I think it's a really important differentiation as you're trying to Absolutely. understand what exactly they're talking about. So, first of all, a complexity is something that is uncertain, unscientific. Uh, it has a high human element, and it's often uncharted territory. The thing about something that's complicated is that it has been done before, usually. Yep. It's something that's linear, and usually it requires an expert's insight. So, it's something that you know how to get to the end, but right. you just need someone to do it for you. Right. Complexity is something where you probably have the answers as long as you get enough people together to come to the right answers. Right. So they provide a few examples of the difference between complexity and something that's complicated. And I wanted to read through a few of these to give everyone a little bit clearer idea of what they're talking about. So this is what they have to say. Having a wedding is complicated. Having a happy marriage is complex. Buying a house is complicated, but being a good neighbor is complex. Fixing a car is complicated, but disrupting the automotive industry is complex. (laughs) So you get the idea that there are things that you may not know how to do, but if you get enough people together, you might just be able to figure out how to disrupt the automotive industry. Right. If it's the right people. Right. If you get the right people together, if you have the right people in your life, you can probably have a happy, healthy marriage. But it's all about having the right people who are speaking into your life. You can't just go through these five steps to a happy marriage. I feel like the way that a lot of stuff online is written these days, you're expected to just have these steps. You're, you're expected to, to read what someone has to say on the internet, follow their advice, and everything's going to be okay. Yeah. But the truth is, life is not that simple. It's complex. And we need people who can help us to tackle those issues. Yep. So as you think about your own leadership and maybe your own job, would you say that you tend to deal with things that are complicated or things that are complex? And then also, which do you tend to prefer? Uh, I think typically
2: I would, I would like to say that the problems that I deal with at work are complex because I do a lot of research and I do a lot of things um, in scientific fields. But pretty much by definition... Um, they're just complicated. Yeah. <laughs> they're really complicated. They're really, but, really, really complicated. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think, I think more so than anything, um, I, I deal with just a bunch of complicated stuff. Um, now I also, uh, am a, a pastor at a church and some of the stuff I deal with there, I feel like might be a little complex, uh, cause that's very much life on life. Um, how do we, how do you, how do we deal with this, this life thing together, um, I think that is more complex than complicated because there's not one answer.
0: Yeah, and, and it has not, that human element involved, right. right? Absolutely. Anytime people are involved, it's not going to be linear and Absolutely. super obvious and it's probably going to be uncharted territory. Yep. Right. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I think I have I have the probably the opposite problem where I'd like to think my job is complicated, but in my role with it's kind of being redefined as I go uh, and taking on more and more responsibilities that no one has done um, at our school, it has become very complex. And so a lot of it is trial and error and looking for new paths to do it. And eventually I think it will just be a complicated position but right now it's just very complex
0: it's funny how you just assume that it's it's gonna be one or the other right (laughs) right if if i've handled all the complexity it's just gonna be complicated
1: yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so
0: i I would say that my job tends to be more on the complicated side right which it's a lot of process and things like that Uh, what i really prefer is handling complex things I think I I do too. I like getting into the nitty gritty and figuring out what needs to happen to make a vision or a goal actually come true. So Cody, you're saying that you think you're more on the complexity side there? Yeah, I think
2: so. Uh, I always enjoy a good challenge. Uh, And of course, complicated things can obviously bring a good challenge. You know, my my idea of complicated is math is complicated. My idea of complex is solving the world's problems with math is is complex. Yeah. Yeah. so, like, I enjoy a good challenge like math because that's, that's complicated, sure, but it has an outcome. It has an end to it, and it's very, like, you can see that end coming. It's just follow these steps. You're there. Complex is a mind-bender in a different way. It's something that uh, maybe doesn't have an end sometimes, which is kind of a mind-bender of itself. You know, maybe maybe it doesn't have an end, and maybe it's just it's something you keep doing over and over and over for a long time. So... I really enjoy that part of it. Something that will really uh challenge me to to be better and push other people to be better as well.
0: Yeah, there's certainly never an end to complex problems. One thing I did appreciate about cracking complexity is that David and David focused on how you can actually handle a problem in two to three days if you get the right people in the room, if you get them on the right, right conversations, and if you're willing to change. All those three things are not the easiest to get through. But when, right. you, when you were talking about math, I remember when I was in college, I had some friends who were math majors, and they had this this competition each year. I think it was called math modeling. Yeah, And basically, they would be given these problems that there wasn't going to be an answer to. Right, But they were trying to figure out how to get as close as possible to an answer. And they <laughs> right. would do this over a week. They would give up a weekend yeah. to do math. Yeah. They were like in the math building, and then like they'd walk around campus and go back to the math building. Yep. They'd spend their whole weekend there. Those but are my kind of people. <laughs> one, one, of, one, of the, one of the problems that I remember people dealing with was trying to come up with a math equation to figure out how many leaves are on a tree. Wow. like Not how many leaves are on an oak tree, and you're like, oh, well, that's pretty consistent because it's an oak tree. Right. It's like, what's a math problem to figure out how many leaves are on a tree? Any, Any tree. tree. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so that's one of those things. That's a complex. Yeah. <laughs> that's a complex that's situation. That's a modeling problem. That's yeah. crazy. And so I, there, are, there are things in math like that where, right. yeah, you, you don't have an A, B, C, D, all the way to whatever. Right. And you've come to an answer. Right. You're working with something that's complex. And they were working on teams to try to figure this Absolutely. out. Absolutely. They would create a paper, they'd turn it in, mm-hmm. and we'd have people from our school that would win prizes for like having the best crack at that answer. You right? Know? Yeah, absolutely. Which is wow. a really neat idea. Yeah. So Michelle, uh, how about you? Do you think you would prefer complicated things or prefer dealing with complexity?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to say I'm different than you guys in this. I definitely prefer complicated, and it's funny because I hear you guys talk, and I would kind of assume you guys are more logical you know dealing with math i am not a math person in any way (laughs) um and i would think that people who like math and science uh would be more like xyz abc yeah i come from an artistic background and you would think that i'd be more in my head and more like abstract concepts but i love taking those kinds of abstract concepts and Mm -hmm. simplifying them like i think a lot of what i do um I work with students who have a hard time grasping some very difficult things that we might uh, be trying to tackle. And so I will boil it down to simple, here's what I'm expecting from you, and try to help them understand the basics so that they can be free to be creative. Um, but it's funny hearing you guys talk about how much you guys would prefer those mm. those unending problems well i like (laughs) to think a two to three day
0: problem (laughs) right i
1: i cannot think of a bigger waste of my own time of (laughs) coming up with a math problem to solve how many leaves are on a tree i am not the girl for that job
0: I would agree with you there. <laughs> I'm definitely not your guy if you want to figure out how many leaves in a tree over a weekend when I'm already slammed with school. Yes. Wow. <laughs> See, man, I'm definitely that guy.
2: Me and a friend of mine tried to figure out how to how to find the diameter of the earth without using,
0: like, tools. Google. That's the answer. Yeah. Well,
2: I mean, without <laughs> Googling it, diameter. without doing that. Like, if we had, like, a protractor, how could you find the diameter of the earth? It's... I don't know
0: that we finished that problem but <laughs> it was a fun one. Speaking of which, uh this is this is a major sidetrack, but I saw a meme today of our solar system and it had, you know, all of our planets, which I've heard that Pluto's a planet again. I don't know if that's true. Pluto, wow. you were never not a planet in my mind. Same. But it, it was all 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 of these planets, right? And then there was just the the flat earth. It, oh, I saw it that said, one. It said, yeah. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. That's yeah, good. I thought that was pretty good. But Michelle, what you bring up is helpful to remember for a couple of reasons. First of all, just because you are "quote unquote" artistic or "quote unquote" you know logical, that's those aren't those aren't categories that we can just fit people right. into. Right. I had a lot of friends in college who were art majors, and the way some of them handled problems were way different than other art majors. Oh, absolutely. You right. know, you yeah, and so you have some very very different minds that you can't just put into boxes. And I don't think you were, but it's just a good reminder for anyone listening to yeah. remember that. The second mm-hmm. thing is, and this is a really important thing that came up in our interview on Monday, is that there's something called requisite variety that's yeah. really important when you're handling situations. Because you want people who might really like complexity, but you might also want people who like complicated things. Right. When you're dealing with complex situations, you want people that can bring different opinions, different insight to the fore. So what what were your thoughts whenever they were talking about the need for requisite variety, which is making sure that you have a sufficient amount of variety to tackle the variety that that comes in the complex situation. You know, the idea that variety destroys variety. So if you have a complex situation that has a lot of variety and unknowns in it, you need to get a sufficient army of, (laughs) (laughs) of people with different perspectives to tackle the variety of the complex issue.
2: I think that, that idea, the whole requisite variety idea is a, is it almost just makes sense, you know, just in and of itself. Now, tackling the problem of who should be a part of that requisite variety how many people do you need to tackle this one problem i think that's the hard part uh, i think if you um like they said on monday if you get the right people in the in the room doing the right things you can solve a, a complex problem in just a couple of days but the 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 challenge there would be finding the right people and the big question that i have in this whole idea is how do you know who should be there? And how do you know when you have enough people? How do you know if, if you have too many people in the room and like Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that? Cause that's building that team is the challenge in my head.
1: You know, that brings to mind um, just my experience in my workplace. I came from a different school than the one that I work, work at right now. And the school that I work at right now is small. Um, A lot of the people did graduate from there. And so they only think like the people who go to school there. So they have a very familiar experience with the current students. Whereas I have an experience as a student from a different school, Um, And so I do find myself in these kind of conversations where I think both our inputs are very important. I I see that kind of variety between my experience being completely different and me being able to come in and as an outsider and say, you know what, the students are enjoying this. But I think that this would be something beneficial for them Um, and being able to kind of go back and forth with some people who will disagree and say, no, no, this is how we've done things. Um, And yes, I also need to value the things that they have done, the traditions that they do have in place or the systems that are in place. Um, But I think having a variety of ideas um, helps, you know, improve the the, whatever place you're working at.
0: Yeah, because if you have too many people from the outside, quote unquote, and they come in, they say, what's the point of having this event? Right. then they, they can easily understand. scrap that and no. then there's someone you know right. who's been there for for 50 years and they say well, that's we've been doing that since the beginning and it may be meaningful yeah. and it may be worth continuing so you, you definitely need to have that that yeah. that yeah. balance one
2: one of the David said was right. um, very much the first thing to do is not outsource. Yeah. Right. You, know, you should assume that everything that you can do is inside and they have that right. tradition built in basically. When it
0: comes to complexity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So first of all, what I would say to your question, Cody, is that there's a good resource to figure out uh, kind of how to handle the requisite variety issue. What's that? David and David's book, oh, Crack yeah, about Complexity. <laughs> the Breakthrough Formula for Solving Just About Anything Fast. So, a little smooth plug. <laughs> it, it's, it's a... It's a good resource to kind of think through what the process mm-hmm. looks like, and they there are tons of things we weren't able to to go through in the interview, right, and right. they break it down into a number of wow. steps, yeah. and they dedicate you know a chapter per step, yeah. and so if you if you're really wanting to get into this a little bit more, taking a look at the book would be super valuable, nice. but also as I am doing research for my PhD in organizational leadership, I'm doing different types of research, and you want to continue. Testing and figuring out what the best number of people is until you reach saturation, which means right. you're not really getting anything new or positive that is related to your right. research question by adding more people. Right. And so that's not necessarily a, a good equation for finding the exact number of right people right. for reaching requisite variety. But at the same time, you need to continue adding people until you're adding someone and saying, what do they really bring again to our group? We already have that. Yeah. And so I think that might be a good rule of thumb. Really. That makes sense. Really ask yourself is the person or are the people that I'm wanting to add going to actually bring something that's not already on the team that's relevant to our, our problem. Absolutely.
2: Now something else that comes along with that is once they're in the room, you know, you've got your team of requisite variety and everything. Um, a lot of times what I see is this communication breakdown between people. They've, they've, they're have they all speaking the same words, but their definitions of those words are different. Like, how do you... And, you know, while you're in the middle of this conversation, you have no idea that they're not thinking the same thing you are. You know, you're, you're speaking the same language, but you're having a completely different train of thought sometimes. Uh, how do you catch that? Like, say you're sitting on the outside, you're, you're just listening to two people talk. How do you catch um, whether or not this person is using the same word as them and the, the meanings are different. How do you, mm. how do you balance those, those conversations or, or do you?
0: Yeah, one thing that I would say is something that was said towards the end of the interview, I just want to reiterate it, which is when you're sitting in a room and you're listening and you think you know the right answer, right. be quiet.
2: Yeah. Oh, there
0: sit back sit and see what comes out. Of other people's mouths. Yeah. See what other people are thinking. Be an observer who is thinking and ready to engage, but an observer that doesn't feel like you have to interject as soon as you have a good idea.
1: Didn't he say to, along that point, um, to become a critic uh, instead of having the answers?
0: Yeah. What Mm -hmm. did you guys think of that? I mean, I, in that situation, for that purpose, I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, uh, sometimes you can define a critic as someone who is critical, right? right? In the sense that you're always trying to see the negative in situations. Right. And that's not really what he was talking about. He was more talking about thinking through what people are saying and right. what they mean. Yeah. And I, I think that will help you in... what the point you're raising is not directly related to handling a complex situation. It's really related to communication and yeah. understanding each other in general. Yeah. So I think ultimately, what, yeah. the question that you're raising is really something that's just a good communication question. How do you, how do you make sure that you're actually saying and meaning the same right. things? Right. And part of that is just making sure that you clarify. And that's part of the three step iteration that mm-hmm. they bring up in their complexity formula, which uh, the three steps are, first of all, you talk about the issues, the opportunities, the challenges. And uh, one thing they said is there's probably also going to be some griping and storytelling, <laughs> right. you know, get the history in there. You, you got the person who's been around for the last 40 years telling the story of how this thing started <laughs> up. And then you have the yep. new new person who's coming in saying, well, guess what? That old tradition you have, da, 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 you know. Yep. <laughs> and so you have all that happening. Basically, it's just... Everyone's communicating everything, trying to get stuff right. out there. All these perspectives, yep. and that's the first the first iteration. The yep. second iteration is going to include ideation. It's going to include reflecting on issues and reflecting on what was actually said. And then the third and final iteration of this process is going to be pulling together a finite list of recommendations. What can we actually do? After everything's been said and done, after all the ideas are on the table, after we've thought about what's been said, what do we actually do? And those are the three iterations of the complexity formula. So I I think you just need to make sure that you have everything on the table in that first step and that you've asked all the questions and that you really seek clarification. Yeah, And that's going to help in the final processes. Yeah, absolutely. So of those three, which do you think you would be best at.
1: I like the last one. As yeah. soon as you said it, I was like, I love doing that. Coming and, up with
0: the, the linear results. Right. <laughs> yes.
1: Like, okay, we've had our discussion. I love those brain processing moments, mm-hmm. brainstorming, brain processing. What's that? <laughs> it's like a brain process. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, no, I love those moments of brainstorming, but I love to be able to say, okay, this is everything we said, but let me go ahead and interpret it all into this one sentence. Let's boil it down to the essentials of what was said and coming up with solutions. That, that really is what that third part sounds like.
2: The solution part. Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. Part. <laughs> I, I am very much in on the same page with that. I thoroughly enjoy the, that, that end result of, okay, we've we've talked about all this stuff. Everybody's had a chance to say what they need to say. And we've taken all that into account. Let's move forward. That's one of my favorite things to do just every day is, you know, somebody will come up with some complaint or some problem that they're having. And the first question is, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like, where where are we going to go with this? Are we just complaining to complain? Or are we going to like... Make progress in this situation and, and help build other leaders because a lot of times that's where, where I find it is you know somebody did something okay well is it their fault or is it your fault like you know, and, and stuff like that so instead of just complaining about it do something about it and move forward so that's I think mm-hmm. this process is very much that you know everybody gets a chance to bring out issues bring out complications and everything second iteration is let's think about the issues that we've all brought to the table and then that third and iteration is let's do something about it, right? What what
0: progress can we make from here? And bringing everything to a conclusion, which is what we've just done with this episode. So yep. before we call it a day, what would you say are the key takeaways for you from this episode that you think are valuable to the listeners?
1: I think a key takeaway for me is value a variety of insight and uh, look for people around where you work or where you are um, and what you can gain from their perspective even if it's not expertise in whatever you're trying to do um, they bring they bring something to the table and I really liked how he talked about specifically looking internally first before outsourcing to try to solve these kinds of problems um, value the people that that are there I think often organizations can think the solution is to fire someone and replace them but yeah. sometimes there's there's other solutions.
2: First. Sure. Yeah. What do you say Cody? Um, the biggest for me is definitely that variety destroys variety concept um, where you, you're looking at a huge problem it's going to take a a good team. You know maybe not a huge team but a team that's uh, capable of it and you've got plenty of perspective in there. And and something else that I heard them say or one of the Davids say uh, on Monday was that, and it was at the very end, is the idea of when you're looking at a complex uh, problem, form it as a question and then try to answer the question. So that's a a pretty helpful thing.
0: Yeah, and I have three key takeaways. The first one is to just really look at the problem Mm -hmm. that you're facing and ask yourself, is it something that is complicated or something that's complex? Yeah. Because once you figure that out, you know how to handle it. Uh, Until then... And really, you know, you need to be developing that question and and coming up with a really good answer until you really figure out what type of problem you're dealing with. You may be totally going about trying to solve it the wrong way. So figure out if something is complicated or if something is complex. The next is the law of requisite variety. I think it's so valuable. Like you said, Cody, only variety can destroy variety. So make sure you have a sufficiently strong team that you're bringing to the table. And finally, you have the ability to handle complexity. Uh, the, the wrong thing to do is to outsource the problem to someone else when you're dealing with a complex situation. There aren't specific experts who are able to handle complex situations. So right. make sure that you use a variety of information and a variety of people to get the best perspective possible, not only for whatever organization you're a part of, but also for your own life. Yep. Make sure you have people who are speaking into your life who can help you figure out what you need to be doing. Make sure you have the right information so that you can make the best decisions for both your organization and for yourself. Well, Cody, Michelle, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining the show this week. I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time, keep living and leading well.